Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at GPC, we want you to know God, love people, and live sent. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. If you want to learn more about Grace Point, head over to gracepointchurch.net. And now, this week's message. Dear friends, thank you for the the warm welcome. I enjoy very much meeting you, fellowshiping with you, enjoying seeing you, that beautiful church that the Lord has blessed you. Um, all the people, uh, the different groups, I really enjoy being with you this morning. Thank you. I thank the Lord for this opportunity to open the word uh, together. Of course, uh, Pastor Mike took a huge uh, risk inviting me to preach. Uh, I don't think he remembered how bad my accent is. Uh, so in the end of the message, he will need some a word of encouragement uh, to tell him, um, say sympathetic words, uh, words to him, kind words like... Uh, uh, we know that you meant it for good, Pastor. And uh, we know that you will not do it again, Pastor. And uh, good things might come out of, of terrible accents, Pastor. <laughs> so, I don't know if you feel lost lately, but this is how I feel. Um, I don't know if you feel also like that. Um, I don't know what to do, what I should do. Um, and when I talk to other people, I feel that others are the same situation. I feel I'm a bit lost, disoriented in life after the pandemic of 2020. But also this year also because of the war we have, the new war we have in Europe after many, many years of peace. Uh, these things change the world we knew. And uh, the world is not the same anymore. Of course, it's not something new. It happens. It happened before. It happened in September 11th of 20, uh, 2001. It happened in uh, 6th of November of 1989 with the collapse of Eastern Wall. Uh, we have happened earlier in December 7th, 1941, and before that, and before that, and so on. Uh, there are also personal ev- events in my life that shook my own world, a death of a friend, major health issues, major shift in my job. The world always changes. In big sakes for all of us together or for personal sakes. That brings everything up and down in our personal and family lives. Let's do not panic. Let's turn to Jesus for some guidance in this morning for these troubled times we live. How we should live then a new version of our lives? How we should live? How Jesus lived? Um, is, is our goal in life the same as his goals? Is your life passionate about the same thing he was passionate Early in the Gospel of Mark, we have an extraordinary narration of a complete day of Jesus Christ. He starts on Saturday morning from the visit to the synagogue together with his students, with his disciples, until the following morning. And in this complete and comprehensive and representative sample of his whole ministry, we have three goals. What are they? Christ came first to destroy the devil, secondly, to relieve the pain of the people, thirdly, to preach God's salvation. These three goals are Jesus' life's mission statement. Question, is this my mission statement? 
Is this your goals also? Is this your life's mission statement? So, many times we ask what it means to live as Jesus lived. Okay, very plain. This is it. First of all, it means you fight the devil in all his works inside you and around you. To live for Jesus means to fight the devil's work as Jesus did. Your mission statement that we will see this morning as followers of Jesus, he has three sentences. And here is the first one. I fight as he did. Please open with me verses 21 to 22 to 28, excuse me, from chapter uh, 1 of the Gospel of Mark. And they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and he was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he thought them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the clean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, and their question among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once, his fame spread all over through all that surrounding region of Galilee. He was teaching with authority. They were amazed, but they didn't have a clue who, who he was. They didn't realize what his presence meant and what is their ramifications, what that meant. The unclean spirit recognizes the Holy Spirit and he feels that his presence, Jesus' presence, means for them. Yes, Jesus came to destroy them. The kingdom of God came and its final result will be the destruction, the total destruction of the kingdom of devil. That cry here does not impress Jesus, who silenced the demon with one word and drives out drives it out from the man. In the following pages of the gospel, Jesus presents himself as a strong warrior who overpowers the enemy to release his prisoners, us, the sinners. Yes, the gospel of Christ is victory over the powers of darkness. But the question is, are you experiencing that yourself? If you believe in Jesus, you can have the victory of the cross and the releasing power of his resurrection during your battles with the darkness. Who said that church is a safe point and a safe port and we come here to be rested and we have our souls calm? No, no, no. The kingdom of God is in battle. We came in Greece and we joined an army and we stepped into a church in a battleground. We have spiritual battles to fight. Does your life battle the devil's work? If you don't battle, then you join forces with him. 
Jesus died on the cross for our sins to liberate us from the devil and to liberate us from the guilt of our sins that kept us captives of the Satan, of the devil. Now he doesn't have a claim, but sometimes we voluntarily serve him, unfortunately. Those who are freed by Christ, they fight. We need to fight daily to stay free from the devil's influence in our life. Because the devil always wants to mess us up, to lose our joy, to lose all the gifts that the Lord has for us. When the Lord comes back in glory, he will be, he is going to re- release us even from the presence of the devil and from all temptations. Because he is going to throw him out of the world, away. Have you let Christ free you? From all dominion, all claims of the devil in your life? Are you free today? If Christ has released you, your life should be dedicated to fight the devil's work all around you and inside you. I want to ask you, have you even, do you even recognize the devil's work in your work, in your work environment, in your family, among your relatives, among your friends? In your neighborhood, in your city, in the U.S., in the world? Are you battling his works then? You see, fighting the devil's work, as Jesus did, should be our first characteristic of our mission activity, both locally and internationally. And this is what you do, partnering with us. I want to ask you, does your personal involvement in mission reflect that? Your prayer? Reflects that. Your giving, your service. An example, of course, is, as I said, of battling the devil's work in the lives of people is the ministry to women victims of trafficking. This is a modern slavery. These women are abused, exploited, sold and bought. They are beaten, they are oppressed. Even many are killed. For 10 years, my wife was a volunteer setting light of hope in the lives of these people in a hopeless situation before opening, by God's grace, two safe houses and the recovery program. For the last now six years, she has established Community House Damaris that embraces these girls and their babies to be recovered for a different life and to become disciples of Jesus. The operation of this ministry is battling the result of the devil's work in the lives of these women. And we are so thankful that you partner with us in that. You join hands. Grace Point Church, you join hands with us and you helped us greatly. Your strength encourages us and blesses us as you cover a huge step of faith that we took last year to obtain a second house. We got that. And we were praying for an answer. And then you show up. And we're able to cover our expanded operation expenses with a second house with your Christmas gift last year. Thank you very much. But this is not just a financial Support? No, no, it's joint hands. You came in and we're so thankful for, for Lori and his dream team that they came and did a fantastic job in this ministry. And your leaders, Pastor Mike, Caleb, and others are 
looking for opportunities to help us expanding further. You, you heard uh, and you will be hearing an announcement about that, about your, this Christmas uh, gift offering also. We pray for God's guidance and will and we thank you very much. But Jesus had also a second goal that is revealed in the following story. He came to heal men, to relieve their pain. You see, to live for Christ means fighting the devil's work, as Jesus did, but also serving the needy, as Jesus did. As we said, the mission statement has three sentences. We have seen the first one. I fight as he did. But also there's a second one. I serve as he did. Read with me, please, verses 29 until verse 34. And immediately he left the synagogue and he entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with fever. And immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the the fever left her. And she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Peter invites Jesus. It was like today after synagogue. They went for lunch together at his home. As soon as Jesus hears about the mother-in-law, he heals her. That night, the whole city comes at the door of Peter. And in these verses, we see another side of Jesus' ministry. What the coming of the kingdom means for the man, for humanity, with all our our troubles, all our problems. Jesus may not only come to destroy the enemy, but also to release, to help, to heal humanity, us. Now we can bring the kingdom's care, the kingdom's comfort to different needy people around us until the king totally comes and removes the pain and the sickness and death. Does your life reflect this side of the kingdom? Are you committed to the relief of pain all around you and help the needy? No, no, we will not revert the fall. No, no, will not bring the kingdom. But as kingdoms, as, as Christians, we should reflect the kingdom. Where we are, since we belong to the king, God's kingdom is. God's kingdom moves. Can, can God's kingdom works. People should see in you what the kingdom is all about. Saving, serving the needy, as Jesus did, should be then the second characteristic of our mission activity. As people, as individuals, as families, as churches, both locally and globally. Does your personal involvement in missions reflect that second priority? Your prayer, your giving, your service? The Lord blessed my son Mark to serve Roma kids, the gypsy little ones with no prospect for education or for work. He serves in a Christian center that educating this uh, community in the gospel 
and these little children for a different life. And already they have made an impact in the community with less crime, with less violence, with less pain. And your team had a great time, enjoyed very much playing and doing things for these kids. Dina and House Damaris will not stop trafficking of women in Athens, but they make a tremendous difference in the life of these 50 ladies, of these 30 babies that give back to them hope, meaning, dignity, humanity, sanity, sanctity of life. And this is a reflection of the kingdom. I remember 15 years ago, in 2007, my church broke my heart. As they were saying no to any kind of ministry, services, to needy refugees. No pastor will not have our children sit on Sunday where during the week you serve dirty, smelling refugees. Two years later, in the famous Greek government debt economic crisis of 2009, God had to take one half, half of the value of our property, one third of all our income, and one third of all our jobs in order for us to wake up and see the needs around us of other people. You know something? Now this very church is doing exactly that. They are feeding the refugees. They have this ministry. What a blessing. Do you live to serve the needy as Jesus did? So here you see what it means to live for Jesus. Christ came to destroy the enemy. The kingdom of God is at war. Christ came to help the needy. The kingdom of God brings healing. Jesus had also a third goal that is revealed in the following story. What is that? To preach the gospel. To live for Christ then means fighting the devil work as Jesus did. Serving the needy as Jesus did and sharing the gospel to all as Jesus did. Your own personal mission statement as a Christian has three sentences. The first is, I fight as he did. The second is, I serve as he did. The third is, I witness for the gospel as he did. I read verses 35 to 39. And rising... Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and he went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching their synagogues and casting out demons. I imagine Peter walking up that uh, first day of the week, morning, with all the people outside in front of his home, trying to enter, trying to find Jesus. So Peter starts looking for Jesus Going up there, down there, this way, that way, Jesus is nowhere to be found. 
Since after this prayer of Jesus, he charts his direction in his ministry, we understand that he was out praying, asking for God's direction in his ministry. But here comes Peter. Look at you. Now you pray. Everyone is looking for you. Jesus, this is no time for prayer. We have a good crowd today of sick people waiting to be healed by you. Come on, you have a very busy day today of healing the sick. So you better start. No, no, Peter. The disciples didn't understand that all these healings and exorcisms, it was demonstrations of what the presence of the kingdom means. But these demonstrations, the healing and the exorcism, did not clearly communicate the gospel. For this reason, Jesus' main mission is, is shown here very clearly that was to preach, to explain the gospel. His goal was not to heal as many as possible, otherwise that they had a good crowd there. No, no, it was to preach as many as possible. That the coming of the kingdom demands repentance of sins and faith in him. And this is what calls from us. Repentance of our sins and trusting him for our salvation. Let us go somewhere else, says Jesus, to the nearby villages. So I can preach there also. That is why I have come. This is a powerful, very clear mission statement of Jesus. Is this my mission statement? Is this your mission statement? Our mission is to preach Christ to all the earth, including your neighbor. Yeah, that nasty one also. Your mission has to do with all the tribes that they have not heard the gospel, but also your tribe that needs to hear the gospel again in a clear way. Our mission still is going on. Jesus did many things, but he had one target. And we do a lot of things, but we need to be very clearly what we're doing. Preaching the gospel, as Jesus did, should be the third but main characteristic of all everything we do in missions, activities, both locally and globally. Does your personal involvement in missions reflect that? Your prayers, your giving, your ministry. We have tried many things in Athens for evangelism in my generation, my fellow pastors. We failed. We failed one after the other, all the projects. But now we are blessed with a new vision for church planting. And all of a sudden, little pockets of God's people start coming up here and there. And they meet and they read the word and they pray and praise the Lord. New people are coming there. Like the little church plant in Neos Cosmos to the unattained and needy young people of second generation economic immigrants from Albania. This is the chess plant where Eric, my son, is a chess planter and where your team had a great time in fellowship and worshiping together. It's a great blessing to see all these little churches started and to see young men and young women like uh, going through the Greek Bible college where I teach and in time becomes God's mature and wise servants 
for the spread of his gospel in Greece and in other places also. During pandemic, I was burdening of not having my students to teach, not having pulpits to preach. So I became a YouTuber. I came up with two YouTube channels. One uh, preaching the gospel to Greek Orthodox believers and one uh, teaching the evangelical believers in Greece. And uh, I, I, have, I was clueless from the video. I didn't know what means video, how to do all the things, you know, but I learned. And uh, by God's grace, I'm doing, doing that. New avenues, trying to preach the gospel. And with encouraging results, I have more than 45,000 views in my different uh, videos. And you know something? When the gospel is preached, lives are changed. There is an impact. Never say, well, I will not have a result, I should not say anything. Speak, preach it, witness. People are influenced, are changed. Like the young life of that Arab Islamic girl who who was crying every night, desperate, with three attempts against her life, alone, abandoned, and abused, and trafficked by her own family. She was crying and crying. And she was at the clinic that uh, she had her last attempt in uh, the camp for refugees in the island of Lesbos. And that night she was crying by the fence. There was a Christian there who witnessed to her. He was the, the, the guard. He was volunteer serving and watching that camp. And he asked her, why are you crying? And he told her about the hope we have in Christ. Well, to make this long story short, next day she was referred to us at the house Damaris. He came to us. He, she had a amazing healing process on, from her trauma. He came to Christ. He matured in Christ. He was baptized and had a fantastic uh, witness. And uh, also we saw the Lord providing for her future. Uh, the Lord provided for her a full scholarship in the most expensive and prominent college in Greece. I could not afford to send my kids there. I don't know anyone who could afford to send her kids there, you know. And she got there. And we saw a total transformation in the life of, of this girl. Why? Because a guy opened his mouth and he said, Why are you crying? There is hope in Christ. Isn't that preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the people? Just saying one word to the person next to you. Do you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to your friends, to your people, the people you know? So, my friends, with my broken English, this is it. The the main message, very clear, I hope it was clear. So here we see what it means to live in Jesus as Jesus did. I want to ask you for the last time. Are you dedicated to fight the devil's works? 
Are you dedicated to relieve the human suffering? Are you dedicated to witness the gospel and the good news? This is your marching orders. This is your mission statement. I follow Jesus by fighting as he did the devil's work in me and around me. By serving as he did the needy among the people. And by preaching as he did the gospel to all the people. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for your love and your revealing to us the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, thank you for reminding us your mission call in our lives and our marching orders. Holy Spirit, thank you for convicting us that we're not fighting enough the devil's work in us and around us. That we are so selfish, we're not sacrificing enough for the needy people around us. That sometimes we don't even open our mouth to speak about you, Lord. Thank you for this conviction. And thank you for the grace to live a new day. As we repent of our sins and we come in faith to Christ. We thank you, Lord for a new day that is giving us to serve you and to praise your name. And I pray for this church that will fill all these mission calls and the lives of everybody today here witnessing and serving together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Grace Point Church Podcast. To stay up to date on all things GPC, follow us at Grace Point NWA on Facebook or Instagram. As you go, be people who show and share Jesus in everyday conversations with everyday people. Live Scent.